Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. And welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. For this season of the Puberty Prof Podcast, I'm choosing to help you, the listeners, explore more tools that can help you help children be healthier during their preteen and teen years. In other words, this podcast isn't just about reminding people about the physical changes of puberty. Yet the purpose behind this podcast is to help listeners talk with young people to help guide them through these changes and let them know that this is a natural part of life, as well as to help you all empower young people to live the healthiest lives possible. This is why this season I'm talking about healthy tools, specifically those aligning to the national health education standards, which are linked to this episode's description. In a previous episode, I did talk about these standards, and yes, they're used by educators, health teachers in the K-12 setting. Yet what I love about these standards is that anybody can look at them and use them as a tool to help kids. So the standards, again, just a short review, is that standards two through eight focus on life skill development, focuses on healthy decision-making skills, healthy communication skills, self-management tools. And then there are two standards that are actually going to deal with today's episode more specifically, and they deal with young people having the ability to access valid information, products, and services, as well as analyzing the influence of family, peers, culture, media, technology, and other factors. So long story shorter, this episode is going to focus on technology and how we can empower young people to be the healthiest they can be when they're on that the computer, on that smartphone, on the iPad, etc. To help us talk about the skill set is our guest today, Sarah Maynard, who is the person behind the Start Effect. And that's the name of her website. And something that I find really interesting about Sarah is that is that she has all these certifications dealing with stuff online. And when I was looking into them, I'm like, you know what? I think it's best that I have her explain it than than myself because I don't have this background. So thank you so much for being here today, Sarah. Would you like to say hi to our audience today? Yes, thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. In addition to being the person behind the Start Effect, you also have children of your own, correct? I do, yes, I have four. Do you mind just saying the ages of your children? Mm -hmm. Yep. I have a 14, 12, 10, and 8. Wonderful. Okay, so four children. Wow, and you still have been able to get all these qualifications to talk to us today about this technology. (laughs) So I don't know how you find the time, but what's your background with this? Would Would you explain a little bit about like your training and all? Yeah, yeah. So I have always been really fascinated about how we communicate and how we as people talk to each other and how we share our stories. And so in college, that fo- I focused on television and film because I thought that was, I, I really thought I was going to be the next Katie Couric. 
did not pan out. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but I did learn that I really just loved watching how people interact in a space and how they use tools and mediums to tell their stories, to connect with other people. Um, and so then I worked in some nonprofits working with teens and tweens because this age group is just one that I just really love. I am one of the, the people that just loved middle school, which is not a lot of people. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. And I still really enjoy middle school kids. Um, and so I'd worked a lot in nonprofits, just working in um, helping them with programming and things like that. And so then I had kids of my own and I took uh, a break really from doing anything outside of my house. Uh, and when the pandemic hit actually is when I, so I started homeschooling my kids and I thought, you know what? I, I wanna go back to school too. So uh, that's when I sat down and got my master's in digital marketing communications, which is where I got all the certifications from. They were all part of the program, which was really helpful because it made sure that I did it, gave me that accountability to, to get in there and get that stuff done. Um, but many of those certifications are, um, are actually free things that you can find, all of the Google ones, all free. If you're interested, you can go in and figure out how to you know, how to make things connect to each other. And um, a lot of it is about how to collect data because the amount of data that we share on the internet is enormous. And so many of those certifications, actually, that's what that really focuses on is how to um, set, up your, set up your website, set up your emails, set up things so you can start to pull that information and pull that data. Um, and so actually the more and more that I learned about that, and I started thinking about my kids were all getting older. A lot of them, you know, they're all, especially with the pandemic, everybody was on the internet. Um, and I, I really started looking at that connection between the, how we're communicating now and how we're using the internet as a tool and, and looking at some of the, the ways that teens are doing it and that tweens are doing it. And they don't have, really a system they haven't really been taught enough about how it works and what it is that's happening because we all grew up with it just being like it just it was like oh here's this cool shiny thing play with it and we didn't really get any guidance either <laughs> so so that's that's kind of what uh how the start effect came to be is that that's i really want to help help the young people understand how to navigate the online world and be safe be healthy and have it benefit them. And those of you listening in, if you're curious about these qualifications that Sarah has, there's going to be a link in today's description. So just go to her link and you'll find on her about uh, page on her website. I think that's the page. It's yeah, the about page. I'm right. Uh, you're going to see a wonderful picture of who she is, as well as how to connect with her in a variety of ways and her qualifications. So check those out. Now, I understand you just said that you're curious about communication. <laughs> I love that skill set, that standard for, for us health teachers. I love that because I think that there are so many challenges in the year 2023 of how we communicate. <laughs> but you're focusing more about the safety part. How come? Why did you like just zero in on that instead of something else? Yeah. So I, I, for me, it really was just 
how, even if you think about how you interact yourself on the internet, right? Sometimes we can really just blindly start following things, liking things, watching stuff, commenting on things without even thinking it through all the way. And we do that as adults. And then we have these kids that are on there and I mean, they still will just make impulse decisions about anything, right? <laughs> and and when you give them this device that then they can do anything on and will stay there for their whole life. I mean, they say something on the internet when they're 12 and, you know, I mean, this is a, you know, any example you, when you're going to get a job, when you're 47, that could come back. It's not, I mean, there's a huge amount of information on the internet, but if someone, you know, for whatever reason looks and starts to really dig, they can find things. And from that aspect, I was really interested in how, how can we help put in some preventative measures? How can we teach kids to self-regulate, to look at this from a, you know, there's, yes, there are those big things. There are predators, there is cyberbullying. Those are huge and really, really heavy, but they can, especially as parents and caregivers of kids, they can feel almost like, oh, well, that's never going to happen to my kid. Like, you know, well, that, don't worry, that's never going to happen. But what can happen and what is happening all the time is the constant consumption and what that does to our mental health. And how do we stay holistically safe, not just in, in the, you know, in those big moments, but how do we, how do we help figure out how to make that a daily safety thing? Have you heard of the research in which the brains are changing, particularly with young people because of being on the computer or on technology so much? It's like neurologically stuff is going on. It's like an addiction mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading something the other day about how kids and how this generation is just not as creative even because their brains don't have the time to come up with their own solutions because they're consuming so much. And it's, it's that much because the, the device and these apps and platforms were created to suck you in. That's their whole point is to keep you on as long as possible. And, and so it's, it's so easy. I mean, I was actually with, um, last night we were out seeing, um, our symphony here in town and at intermission, we could look down at the people on the orchestra level and 90% of the people down there had their phones out. And it was, yeah, it was really just like, wow, that we are here in this place. I mean, it was nice that people did not have them out while the symphony was performing. That was okay. great. Yeah. I was just going to ask because that's where I get thrown. Like, like you're out at a place at a restaurant and you see everybody. And at first I had the bias of, oh, it's only going to be younger people, but it goes across the ages these days. Mm -hmm. And I find that fascinating. And I understand because all of a sudden the phone pings and it can be like the Pavlo dog effect. Like, yeah. oh, I got to go see. But how do we retrain our brains to be like, nope, I don't need to see that. Mm-hmm. So can you share with us some recommendations that you have for parents and other caregivers for helping young people being safe online? Yeah, yeah. So the biggest thing I, that I tell people is that you have to keep those lines of communication open. Um, 
And so, yes, there are a number of things that you can get online. You can get monitoring software. You can, you know, you can set up different things, which are all fantastic. But if you don't, if you don't have conversations when you get those reports from the monitoring software and you don't say, oh, hey, I saw that you were doing this. Let's talk about it. Let's, you know, what, how did this come up? What was your response? What did they say? Who said this? What were you watching? I mean, because you can set it up to, to really kind of um, pull all of that information for you. But if, if all you're doing is monitoring and not having that conversation on the next piece, on the, on the flip side, really, you're, you're, your kids are not getting the benefit of that monitoring. You're just getting more stressed about it. Um, and one thing that I see a lot is people will do the, you know, they'll have some monitoring software or something will, something big will happen. Their kid will post something really inappropriate or, um, we'll, we'll go with that. Something, you know, they just do something that, uh, that their adult caregiver is like, oh no, mm -mm, nope, that's it. And they take the device and the kid no longer has any access, which can end up being more detrimental because then instead of teaching them how to regulate their behavior and understand why what they did isn't what they want to keep doing going forward, then you're, this, the internet's not going away. Right. So by just taking the device, you're setting them up to say, okay, well, then that's a bad thing. The device is a bad thing, except for I have to use it all the time. <laughs> so I think a lot of it, a lot of the times I think about it like food right? And how we can sometimes have a poor relationship with what we eat and how we eat, mm -hmm. but we still have to eat. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. It's part of our lives. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it, the being online becomes very much like that. Like if you want to participate in the modern world, you have to know how to, un, how to work that piece of technology. And there are good ways and there are bad ways. And so if we can talk about it and keep these conversations going, then when something big does happen, they know exactly who to come to. And they're not worried about, well, what are they going to think when I say this? What is, I'm going to be in trouble. But because we don't want that, we want them to say, you know what, this, this thing happened and I feel really uncomfortable or I feel really unsafe, but they trust and know that coming to you is going to be the best solution and they don't have to second guess it and if they make a mistake we want children to come to us because it's okay we all make mistakes oh and yeah. online sometimes that happens so easily do you have any examples of what you've done with your own children about having those conversations before something happens or mm -hmm. if something did happen and i'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus yeah. or anything <laughs> like that but you have four children so mm -hmm. i'm thinking that if you're a promoter of talk with your children about this, that you've done it. Yes. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So when my oldest got his cell phone, when we told him that, all right, this is a privilege that you can have. And so that actually for him just happened a couple of months ago. Um, and so I have a uh, digital device agreement on my website and it's what I've used with my kids. And what it is, is basically a contract where the adult caregiver and the kid are Talk, you sit down and you talk through, you know, these are the things that are helpful to talk about, right? Um, we're going to talk about self-regulating. When, when am I allowed to have the device? When am I not? You know, saying at night, pick a time, 
say, you know, maybe on weeknights, it's one thing, maybe on weekends, it's another, but really setting up those boundaries. And so this device agreement has uh, different sections talking about one, the self-regulating piece, how, how you're actually going to use the technology, but also talking about consent with who you can take pictures of, when can you take pictures, when can you share pictures, um, and then also when you get in an uncomfortable conversation, come talk to me, the adult, right? So just immediately setting the, the stage to say, here's what's going to happen. And within that device agreement, there's also a list of consequences so that they know, you know what, when, when something happens, here's what's going to happen. And most of those are, I mean, well, all of them start with having a sit down conversation. Like if something comes up and you violate, we'll say like, you know, you go against the agreement, right? Uh, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about it. And one of those on there is that we don't have our phones out. We don't have our devices out when we sit down for a family meal. And so, and all of us have to follow it, parents included. And our kids will call us out. Like, they're like, um, why, what are you doing? That's not, mm -mm, we don't do that here. Um, which is great because we, you know, we self-model. We have to model that behavior. And it, I think for me, especially, it helps me remember how difficult it really is to put the thing down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is my, that I use that with my own kids. Um, and it, it gives you a starting place because it can be so overwhelming with the number of things online that it can really give you a place to start to have those conversations and dig in deep where you need to. And I love that you brought up that it's on your website and it's under the resource section. And right away, I pulled it up on my computer and it's a customizable digital device agreement. And please check it out. I mean, there's a letter to parents and guardians, a letter of explanation to the kids, mm -hmm. and then an agreement and consequences. I love that you have that all on there. What prompted you to, to do that? Uh, just actually my kid getting his first cell phone. I was like, how, how are we going to talk about this? Like I knew I needed to talk about it. I knew I wanted to talk about it, but I needed a starting place just like everybody else. And so I, I probably search, I probably searched too long. That is a flaw of mine is I will think something until you can't think it anymore. Um, but, and I really just looked at a lot of other people's options and pulled together the pieces that I thought were best. Um, and I really wanted something that people can customize to their own needs because every single household is different. And what I need isn't gonna be the same thing that you need. And I think that's important too, to think about when we're having our kids online is the way that my kid uses the online space is gonna be different to how someone else uses it, right? I mean, there are some kids who they're, you know, if, you're, uh, if your kid's cyber schooling, they're gonna to need to have different ways to use their devices so that they can stay on task when they need to be on task. Right. And so just all of that means that you need to be able to, to talk and figure out what's gonna work best for you and your family. Well, good for you. And I appreciate that you said it's, it's a privilege because I know I've heard some people say, well, everybody else has it, mm -hmm. but this isn't, it's everybody has to be looked upon as an individual and it's to me, I agree with you, not it, you don't just deserve a phone and it, they're costly. So to even work for the phone to pay for the monthly, uh, the monthly charges or to 
the actual phone itself because I have an iPhone and they're not mm -hmm. inexpensive. Right. Yeah. Yep. How, how do you handle some of the things with your younger children? Like yes. they, I'm sure they have like a tablet or something. Mm -hmm. So how do you handle that? Yeah. So um, Apple has the, so all of us have Apple devices in our house. And I know that Android devices have options also. I just don't know them as well because I don't use them every day. Okay. <laughs> Um, but you can set up the, um, your family sharing to be able to have an individual thing for each kid. So I set each kid, um, up with their own iCloud account, and then I can help them monitor what apps they can have when, um, we, so they have, uh, what's called downtime. And when it's downtime, they can't access, um, there are certain things they can't access, but they can ask us for access for either 15 minutes, for an hour, or for the whole day. Okay. Um, so we can make apps available all the time, which so they have for, for our kids, we have their messaging is open all the time. So if we're out of the house, they can still contact us regardless of what time it is. Um, and they can contact you to say, hey, mom, can I access this? And you can say, yep, you got 15 minutes. And you can do that from, if you're at the grocery store, you can like mm -hmm. allow that for 15 or 30 minutes. Yep. Yeah, okay. it all pops up right on my phone um, and they actually just go in whatever app it is that they want. It um, it actually shows with a screen that says this is off for downtime and you there's um, a button that says request more time. And so they just they and they've gotten much better about it now that we've been doing it for two years about okay. how that works. And no, you cannot have Minecraft at 9 a.m. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so but that it's it's helped them to understand, you know, okay, these are the times that I have recreational use of my device. And these are the times that I'm using it for education. These are the times that I'm using it just to message back and forth. So we, we have a uh, monitoring software that we use and <laughs> the number of times that it pops up with bullying for messaging because our, they're siblings and they will say things to each other through text messaging and we get notified of that <laughs> so wait okay you, yeah. you just taught me something so <laughs> if there is a way like if i have a child and they have a, a phone mm -hmm. i can detect if they're getting messages or sending messages to others that potentially will be of an aggressive nature mm -hmm. yep yeah so we the monitoring software that we use um, is called Bark, which is um, it was actually recommended to us by our school system, um, and it's been really really helpful because we get the notification that something has come through, and we can say, "Hey, okay, now I know you were mad, but we don't call people that, <laughs> even if it's your sibling, even if you were mad." Um, and it's helped us have conversations so much closer to when they happen. So that it's not, you know, we're, we're finding out about it two months later and our kids forgotten everything, but then like, they don't remember the conversation that they had where they said that no one has any idea. Mm -hmm. um, but we're able to then say, oh, you know what? You talked about this a couple of days ago. Let's have a sit down. Let's talk about it. Let's talk it through. Why did you say this? Why did you, why did this happen? And why shouldn't we do that going forward? So what I'm hearing you say is your recommendation for folks is to first have that communication 
before anything happens. Certainly if something happens, have that communication and understanding people make mistakes. We all make mm -hmm. mistakes. And then to have a contract with somebody that has their own device in which you have that available on your website. And thank you for creating that for folks. Mm -hmm. And then also monitoring systems. Yeah. And, and be I open about that, that, yeah, we have this. Yes. Yeah. And my kids all know they have it and they mm -hmm. all know it's on there. Um, and it, it has, it's been really helpful for us. Um, and I think you have to, to decide, you know, is this something we want to do while we're teaching for a while? Because they do have a cost. So, um, or is it, you know, we're going to have, you know, once a month, we're going to sit down and we're going to say, Hey, tell me four conversations you had this week on your cell phone. Like, talk to me about, you know, five people you talked to, what did you talk about? Which is, I mean, so, because I understand that it is not, everyone's not going to have the opportunity to get one of these monitoring softwares. That's not ideal for everyone to be able to have, but you can sit down and say, have these conversations and and start asking them questions. Um, and now I know a lot of parents sometimes will also think about and have done going through their kids' phones and saying, you know what, your phone is mine. You are just leasing it from me. And at any time I can pick it up and go through it whenever I want. Um, and which is, if both you and your kid know that and you continue to reiterate it because they will forget, um, then as, I would suggest having them be with you when you do that. So if you're going through their phone, have them show you the things, like show that you trust them because take it, if you think about somebody coming and taking your phone and looking through your phone, even if you don't have anything on there, it feels like such a violation of privacy because it is, we put so much of ourselves into that. And so you, as, as a caregiver, we have to balance that, that allowing them to have that privacy and keeping them safe. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's all a balance and none of it's easy. <laughs> and you're right, because you made me think of, there's another skill set we have to teach young people. Um, and this goes into this, you know, how technology can influence us in our relationships. We have to teach young people that if I'm in a relationship, a romantic relationship with someone, do I have the right to look at their phone? Mm -hmm. And I know for me, younger years dating, you know, you get curious about stuff. And I know there's, there's jokes on some TV shows and movies about if people look through, like you, you go into somebody's apartment for the first time, do you look through their stuff when they're not looking, you know, and that's not mm -hmm. a kind thing to do, but curiosity kicks in, but I'm sure there's a lot of curiosity for young people with their friends or romantic interests. And mm -hmm. we have to model that you don't have the right just to pick it up right. and look at it. Yeah. Can I ask you the question of how do you handle when your kids use technology and maybe there's a code on it and if they're hanging, hanging out with their friends that maybe their friends wanna have access to their technology, are they allowed to share the codes and stuff? Or has this never been raised before? Yeah, so if, so I highly recommend having a passcode of some kind um, on whatever digital, digital device, excuse me, that it is. Mm -hmm. um, and that code should be kept private within the family unit. Like the, your kids should know it, 
and you should know it. But outside of that, they don't need to be sharing it with their friends. If their friends want to look at something, then they can put the code in and then give their friend the device. But just like we wouldn't give passwords to our email or, you know, as we get older, our bank accounts, right? Which all of so much of that information is stored in our devices that we don't want to be giving other people access to that. And teaching our kids that it's okay to keep things private and what we should be keeping private because the internet will tell you that nothing is private and you can do everything and every all of your information can be out into the world. And we need to teach them that's not such a great idea. <laughs> no, which goes to that standard I said about earlier about analyzing the influence that technology can have that, yeah, you can do whatever you want online. Uh, no, and, and you really have to, even when you look for information, you have to be really careful and go to websites that are reliable and accurate. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just did a, a social media post a couple months ago about looking at the difference between fake news and fact. And how do you, how do you teach your kids to, to look at something, you know, say you're scrolling through, um, we'll go with TikTok because more, I was going to say Facebook, but the kids That's aren't on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Facebook, but um, so they're scrolling through TikTok and someone says, oh, this, you know, they post up behind them in a green screen, an article that they wrote somewhere and they're like, pause to read, you know? And so we have to teach our kids to say, okay, so that's one person that said that in an article that they wrote. How do I know that what they're saying is actually true? Right. And so now not you're not going to have the time and we don't none of us have the time to go through every single thing we find on the internet and check the validity of it now it's important to know how to do that right. but it's also important to say you know what i'm not going to share this because i don't know if it's true because that's what happens is someone sees something and it triggers something to say you know what yeah that's probably right and so they share it without doing any of their own research and that's how we end up with all of this misinformation. Um, and so if we can help them to understand that either you do the research and make sure that what you're sharing is actually true or you don't share it. Well, if there are some young people listening in today, what advice do you have for them? Ooh, so much. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> we've been focusing more on caretakers, but how about those young people out there? Yeah, yeah. So this, this is hard. It is hard. And I know it's not easy. And it can be really, really hard as a young person because the adults just don't seem to get it, right? Like kids, you've grown up with this, with your friends in your back pocket all the time, right? You can talk to them whenever you want. And it can be really hard to figure out how to separate being online and being unplugged and how to find that balance. But it really comes back to sitting down with yourself without your device, putting your device down for a little bit and either handwriting something, drawing, taking some time for some self-reflection and start to understand how your body is feeling, how your mind is feeling because the internet is gonna shape those things. And the more that you're on there and if you're, it can continue to keep doing that. And if you're not aware of how you feel when you are sitting with yourself, 
it becomes really, really hard to make those decisions online when something comes up that you feel uncomfortable or unsafe, or you come into information that's not true. It becomes so much harder to say, you know what, I'm just going to walk away from that. If you haven't taken the time to sit with yourself a little bit, you know, just even, I don't, I'm not going to say completely put your device away, pop on something in your favorite playlist, right? Put it, sit it down and even just like lay down and stare at your ceiling or go outside and get some vitamin D while you're in, but keep your, keep your screen blank. So you can have music playing. I have music playing all the time. You can stick a podcast on, even if that's something that help. you know, if you are someone that that helps you kind of separate a little bit, but find what works for you because that's going to be different than everybody else. And, and it's going to change. So sorry to make it super easy. <laughs> it's going to change over time. So you have to keep stepping back and you have to keep taking time for you. And because you have to learn how to self-regulate yourself because it's not going to go away. And th this is why this whole series of episodes is focusing on the standards because it's about these life skills and that's self-management. It's like, mm -hmm. how do I step away? Because I've noted at times, I'll go on to like Facebook. I'm in that age group that does more mm -hmm. Facebook than TikTok and you can get sucked into things. And I follow the far side collection so I can get sucked into what, you know, looking at all that. But mm -hmm. it, you just get like getting into this, I, the only way I can say it is you get sucked in. Yep. And, and they're designed like that. Yeah. And it's like, then I have to like, wait a minute. I don't want, you know, it's a beautiful day outside. And, you know, how come I'm not doing mindful breathing? You know, because th that's a healthy habit for me. And like, so I have all these personal self-management goals and technology can sometimes get in the way because I let it. Yes. So what I'm, I'm also hearing you say is that tech breaks. Like I mm -hmm. know that, and you just reminded me of this, throughout, throughout the school year, I have no technology on one day a week, unless it's music, but I'm mm -hmm. not checking emails. I'm not checking, uh, I'm trying not to text. I'm trying not to do something on the computer because I find it's like nicer for my brain to yep. be away from that technology. Yep. And you can use your technology to help you do that. So you can set a lot of, um, there's, there's so much that our phones can do for us, but you can set up ways to say that if someone texts you and you're in, um, I think Apple calls it a focus period, you can have it set up that it'll say, you know what, I can't talk to you right now. If it's urgent, if it's an emergency, call me or however it is that you want someone to contact you in an emergency, but let them know you know what? Hey, I'm not ignoring you because we know how that can feel on the other end. And, and I know that, I, I mean, I know teens feel that way too. You know, you'll have these long stretches where you say something to somebody and then they don't respond. And it's just because they were doing something else, right? <laughs> it has nothing to do with you, but it feels so much like it has something to do with us. Yeah. And so use the technology to help you take those breaks. You know, just as we would set an out of office reply on our email, if we're going on vacation, yep. you can do that as often as you need to. Yeah. And I do that because I learned that skill set of, no, I need, you know, in other places mm -hmm. of the world, they take a true break from work. 
Yet sometimes it's expected. Yeah, you're on vacation, but you can still answer this question. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Vacation mm -hmm. means vacating yes. what you usually do. Now, Sarah, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, so you can visit my website, which is www.thestarteffect.com. And then I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Start Effect. Wonderful. I truly appreciate our conversation today. You, you taught me more tools. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've heard about the Bark monitoring system. I've heard about that, but some other things I wasn't cognizant about, like mm -hmm. you being at the supermarket to answer like, okay, I can give you more access. So thank you for sharing that. And I hope mm -hmm. that um, you as the listeners listening in, I hope that you've also learned something new. Please check out the Start Effect and connect with Sarah, follow her, um, but be careful being on technology too much as yes. we talked about. <laughs> Take but, breaks. Yeah, like follow the, the positive people in the world. So mm -hmm. um, thanks for being here again, Sarah. And to our listeners listening in, thank you so much for listening in. Again, check out the Start Effect. Go to pubertyprop.com if you want to connect with me. And I hope that you have a happy and healthy day. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by the Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.